Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. What a lovely time of the year, a time uh, when our country literally takes a whole day off to give thanks. We eat a lot. <laughs> we are with families a lot. And this year, I heard this amazing statistic about turkeys. Do you want to hear it? Too bad. I'm giving it to you anyway. The size of the turkeys that Americans are buying this year is no longer 19 to 22 pounds. It is somewhere between 10 and 15 pounds because we expect our Thanksgiving dinner tables to be smaller. Is yours going to be smaller? Ours is going to be smaller. It may be just the two of us. And that means a very small turkey or a lot of leftover turkey, as my husband says, as long as there's gravy and stuffing to go with it. He can eat it every day of the year, I think. Today, we're finishing up a series on a book that Francis Schaeffer wrote that really affected my life 30 years ago, 25 years ago. What is a family? It's so easy to think about what is a family. It's a mom and it's a dad. We talk about the Colossians passage there, mothers and fathers and children. There are tasks for mothers and fathers and children. What is family? But how does a family live and operate day to day? What keeps a family healthy and sound? What makes a family a church? Every one of them having an opportunity to know that they can surrender to Christ and then surrendering and becoming together uh, an entity that practices the same sort of truth-telling, repenting, forgiving family with one another. Is there something that you just can't forgive someone for? Well, today we're going to talk about the economic unit, the family as an economic unit, and oftentimes money is something that triggers us to say, they can do that, but they can't do that. And that's verboten in German. That's one's not forgiven. And in Matthew, we've been coming back to Matthew quite frequently. We find in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19, 20, and 21, this topic. Now, Matthew is at the heart of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is Matthew 6 and the center of those three chapters, which are the Sermon on the Mount chapters. If you ever want to memorize anything, if you ever want to say, I don't know what to read in the Bible every day, read the Sermon on the Mount every day for the rest of your life, memorize it, hide a piece of paper with it in every cubicle of your house, and you will have plenty of nourishment from God's Word. Verse 19, he says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Have you heard that one before? I heard that one a lot before I recognized he was talking to me. <laughs> he was talking to me. All the things that had been absent in my growing up years, I was going to make up for it in my adult years. So what does a family talk about when it comes to finances? How does a family live? And I have a series of questions that if you are interested in them, you'll find them on our website. It's a list of questions I have heard about finances. What's a good standard of living? How much is too much or too little? What are luxuries? 
Can I manufacture a standard of living? Do both parents have to work to provide? Provide what? And the list goes on. I think there are 12 or 15 questions. These are questions that are about finances. They are questions that I've been asked about finances. And this passage is really provides the key principles to economic from the scripture. There is poverty in every country. There always will be. Jesus himself said, the poor you will have with you always. But what do you teach and how do you teach your children to understand what money is? How do you teach them how to handle finances? How do you answer their questions when they ask, what is a steward? And how do we live out our lives? Well, some of them are very typical um, responses. You've probably heard this if you have a child who's two years older or older, make sure that children begin to understand money in concepts of things and money and that they understand the simplicities of it. A penny, a nickel, a dime, a quarter, a 50 cent piece, a dollar bill. Money these days is hard to even come by cash. I, through the pandemic, there have been many places that won't take cash because it's dirty. It's been handled. Uh, only credit card. 25 years ago, they predicted that the one day there would be no currency in America. I couldn't believe that because I happen to like cash. It's easy for me. And in some ways, my husband has laughed for decades that it's easy for me because I can see it. And I've never been too good with the accounting. Thank goodness my husband is a tax attorney and a CPA, and he's been very good with the accounting. And um, you've probably heard me say this if you've been around modern homemakers at all. David and I came to marriage with two S words. Mine was spend, spend, spend. And David's was save, save, save. And we thought it was going to crack us open wide. It was not an easy transition for either of us, but we both came to understand the power of both of those. And we came to understand in helping our daughter understand that there was a tangibleness in seeing 10 dimes. And in our home, we practiced a minimum of 10%, a minimum of 10% that we gave to the place we call the body, the building of the church, so that the church could operate. We are the church, but we participated in community of the church. And so we, we did everything that we could to show Anissa that our aim was for eternal value, not temporary value. Well, that's very hard, and it's harder for you mothers than it was for mothers my era. And that's because on every front, on every front, somebody wants you to buy something. And I know you know this. You go to your computer, and you go to Google, and you ask a question, and seconds later, some ad comes across your screen for something to do with the question you just asked Google. How does that work? Well, there are brains inside that computer of yours, and that's what they're here to do, sell you things, that you know what's out there, make sure that you understand uh, what's available to you. So that beckoning to buy, to have, is, is much more in this generation than it was in the generations that preceded you. So find out for your family what works and take your children into consideration. Help them to make early choices about money with you. 
small or large. Um, a young gal who lived with us for a number of years, and she and her husband were married in our gardens. Um, I can I can still remember like it was yesterday. The two of them, recently married, had I think two children at the time. They were feeling the need for a bigger house, and yet they came saying, you know, this this we could live in this house, and if we lived in this house, we could do this this and this with God's money that they had been given to steward. And they did. They did. They were blessed with three more children, and they stayed in a much smaller home than they could afford, but because they were willing to recognize that this was a training for their children, that they didn't have to live uh, every dime of what they had. They only had to live what was needed, what was a good steward for them, what satisfied their basic needs, not their desires and wants. They also learned uh, how to take care of things. I don't know about you, but I get very annoyed about the built obsolescence into things that we buy, so they have to be replaced. You, you buy a toaster for 20 bucks, and and, and you'd rather buy a toaster for 45 bucks and have it live not only the 50 years of my in-law's marriage, but 20 years of our marriage. Well, they don't make things like that anymore. They, don't, they make them so they're obsolete, so you have to buy a new one. I understand how that works, but I think we have to push back that, and we have to remind ourselves how we spend our money is up to us. It we have been asked to steward it. It's not my money, it's God's money. In First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, he says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money itself. Money is not evil. It's what we do with money, how much we love money, how much we love the things that money can buy. My weakness has always been books, and I think as I um, advanced in years and we had a few extra dimes and nickels, I, I just felt like Katie barred the door. I could buy any book I wanted to buy, um, and I had to remind myself that I was stewarding God's money, not my money. Remember that you promised your spouse, no doubt, if you were married in the church, certainly, to live with your mate in sickness and in health for better or for worse for better or for worse. So how do you help a family, your children who are growing up in your family, understand that they are stewards, that they are to give back, and that they are storing for eternity the things they do with dollars and cents, not short-term for what brings satisfaction, immediate satisfaction, not deferred gratification. What is a family? It's a husband and wife and children and parents. What are we called to do? We've been talking about things like a shelter in the time of storm, the heart of education, the tower of truth, and we are the economic unit as a family that demonstrates God's richest gifts, who we are as humans and what he allows us to steward. Look into it, moms and dads. Take time pause. If your credit cards are maxed out and you're wondering what to do next, God's Word will give you good direction. It's not about more, it's about less. It has been my great honor to bring this information to you from this lovely book, uh, What is a Family, written by 
my acquaintance, I met her once, and how I look forward to being for eternity together with her and her husband, Edith Schaefer. We've talked about what is a family. We've talked about the ingredients. We've talked about the functions and that they are here to help each other. Yes, the shelter in the time of storm, and often that is about physical um, ailments, and we have to learn to care for one another. A few days ago, we talked about healing and not hurting. In the family unit, we get to practice these things that God has given us, and I love the energy that Edith put into her own family. She opened that book talking about her family was like a mobile you know, the one that hangs above the baby's crib and it has different colors and different shapes and it moves in different spheres. And I think that is very true of what a family looks like. Yours different from mine, mine growing and changing and expanding, yours the same. So I'm grateful that you have joined us. I pray that God will richly enhance your family because you have been with us during these sessions. And I pray that as we finish this show about economics, that you would ask yourself a couple of questions. Do I know the difference between what is valuable in heaven and what is valuable here? And then what area do I need most to be prayerful about in my own life as a mother? as a woman, as a homemaker, as a wife in the areas of financial stewardship. Lessify, lessify, allow God to grant you to be the stewards of all he has given you to bring honor and glory to him and to build your heavenly home, not your earthly home. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of being a good steward. Mm-hmm.